Thank you all for listening to Behind the Scenes at the Hanover Theater. This is Lisa Condit. I am thrilled to be here in person with Laura DiGiacomo and Tyler Bellman, both awesome cast members from A Christmas Carol, our favorite annual production. And you've both been longtime cast members. I've seen you. It seems like just yesterday we started doing this. But Laura's been with us since our first production all except for She Reminded Me, A Christmas Carol Reimagined. And Tyler is celebrating 10 years with us. 10 years. Wild. Like Wild. A whole decade. So tell our listeners just a little bit about yourselves and then about your journey here at A Christmas Carol, because I know you've, you've seen it evolve. We've all seen it evolve over the last 10 to 15 years. Oh, thank you. Ladies first, always. Oh, goodness. Thank you so much for that. Um, Yeah, so I uh, started uh, way back in 2008 uh, playing Belle um, in the first production of Christmas Carol that was done here. I had done that for a few years, and then I switched to the track of Millie, which is Fred's wife, um, and various storyteller lines and all that fun stuff throughout throughout my time here. Well, and before Tyler goes, I just want to say I love watching Laura in this production. Not <laughs> only is she a fantastic actor, but your voice is beautiful and you look fantastic in every costume. And anybody who listens to this knows that I am a complete freak about the costumes. <laughs> well, the costumes are pretty spectacular. Uh, we are very fortunate to have Gail Buckley uh on our staff for all 15 productions that have been here she's unbelievable and i have to say i've done a number of shows over over uh the past uh, 25 years and i was so lucky that it was my costume was made for me my everyday millie costume so it fits like a glove and i've never felt more beautiful than at the, the christmas um Eve dinner with yes. Fred and that pink dress that I get to wear and twirl about. Yes. So, um, that's a really um, nice moment for to, to be involved with and to feel like a beautiful, I don't know. We're going to come back to that whole scene because it's one of my favorites and it's one that you wouldn't expect to see in A Christmas Carol with the rest of the show. But Tyler, tell us a little bit about you and your journey. Yeah, my journey. Uh, well, I auditioned in... Uh, 2011 and that was my first year and i know you're everybody's like counting and they're like that doesn't add up because you said you've been here for 10 years but i took one year off and then didn't do uh reimagined so 10 years but 12 years in total uh for so i auditioned in uh 2011 uh lied to troy and told him i had local housing <laughs> which i didn't <laughs> um and i got cast and then panicked and then i called my my best friend's parents who live here in Worcester and asked them if I could stay with them for a, a month and a half. And they were like, sure. Um, so that was that. Uh, I started that year. I played young Ebenezer. So I was young Eb for what? Three years, maybe uh, two, three years. I don't know. And then um, graduated to Bob Cratchit. Yes. And played Bob Cratchit for four or five years. We're guesstimating mm -hmm. on all these years. Unclear. And then last year, um, we uh, got to graduate yet again <laughs> to Fred, which has been a lot of fun. And honestly, like, I don't know. Personally, me, I think that like Fred fits me like a glove. Um, I've always felt a little 
um, jealous of people who have played Fred before because they just get to like have fun and it's like, a great role mess around on stage, <laughs> which uh, Laura knows I love to do. Um, so yeah, it's it's just a lot of fun and a, a lot of play. Well, it's funny because both of your characters are very joyous for the most part. And that's not necessarily what people think of when they think of a Christmas carol. And the scene that we're talking about on Christmas Eve is one of the most beautiful scenes that has also evolved. And you do some beautiful choreography. So tell our listeners, people who may not have seen a Christmas carol before, and there are a lot of you, I know there are, so we're going to hook you in this year. What are some of the fun things that happen? And you're right. It's it's a lot of fun to watch on stage. Yeah. Yeah. So the um, our scene starts with this really beautiful waltz to green sleeves, all these gorgeous gowns flowing, um, all different pretty colors mixing about. And it opens up on Fred and Millie's uh, Christmas Eve party um, where they play silly games and they engage in a variety of uh with their silly friends and um play yeah the scene that that scene i even when i wasn't in it was always one of my favorites because it's one of those scenes that lends itself to having actors just kind of let loose on stage and a lot of the times we see like trying to be the polished like professionals but that scene i think really lends itself because we are playing games right so it lends itself to allow us as actors and and friends mm-hmm. really to play <laughs> games every night yeah. we're on stage together yeah. <laughs> totally fun totally fun and so you know there's so much singing that happens in this production too and that's one of the things that i feel really differentiates us from other christmas carols Talk to us a little bit about that part of the production and what are some of your favorite songs to sing? I know there are a lot. It's okay. You know, it's really fascinating. I remember coming in 2011 and we just, everybody just started singing the score and because everyone knew it at that (laughs) point, right? And it's always like a little intimidating for a first year actor who's joining this company to uh, get in a room with people and just hear everybody sing the song. And then you're like, whoa, I have to catch up and learn all of this. Um, So you're right. There is a lot of singing in the show. Um, I think one of my favorites is um, In the Bleak Midwinter, which, um, you know, Christmas Past sings on stage, but then the adult ensemble takes over um, on the backstage mic. And I don't know, there's something about that song that is just haunting, but also lovely and beautiful. Yes. Uh, yeah. That's a beautiful song. That's one of my favorites, too. Um, I, I also have a, <laughs> I'm very lucky in that I have a sort of solo moment in one of the songs, which is very different this year than it has been in years past. And um, at least as of now, my solo is even a little bit longer, which is very nice for me Laura to have. Laura loves a longer song. <laughs> um, so <laughs> it's, um, it's a mix of two songs that are, are taking place at the same time in the future sequence. Um, and uh, the I sing um, sort of the opening moment of Coventry Carol. For those that are familiar with it, some people seem to be more. I didn't know the song before I started singing it here. 
Um, but it's such a beautiful song and haunting at the same time. Um, so that's one of my favorite personal ones to sing selfishly because I have that moment. That's my moment, my Millie moment um, on stage. But I also love um, In the Bleak Midwinter. Uh, and and um, we do a lot of offstage singing as well, which people may think, oh, that I hear voices, but I don't see anyone. We are actually huddled in a microphone backstage all together being conducted um to to sing those carols off that you think oh that might be that is that really live it is really live. it's actually one of my favorite parts of the production as well like i love ding dong merrily on yeah, high yeah. right like that yeah. always makes me happy when i hear it and one of the best parts of i think the year is when you're all rehearsing in the room next to where all of our offices <laughs> yeah, are. Like for you? I love it because number one, I am a Christmas fanatic. And of course, this is Troy Siebel's adaptation. So it's very special to all of us. And it's so joyful. It gets us right into the holiday spirit. So I love hearing you all rehearse. I love hearing that singing. And I love Ding Dong Merrily on High. That's, that's what I'm going to say. I'm sticking to it. But I also <laughs> love the end of the show, right? You know, it just, there, there are so many great moments that people get to experience. And, and Laura, you mentioned one thing about a, sh a shift or a change for this year. You have both seen a lot of changes yeah. in this production. So if one of our listeners thinks to themselves, oh, I saw that a few years ago, or I saw that 10 years ago, or I saw the first one, I'm all set. I can think of about a zillion things that have changed since the very first time it was on the Hanover Theater stage. But I'm interested in both of your perspectives. Like, what are some of the key things that you've seen develop? And, you know, what, what are your favorite changes? So I think what, there are a lot, like you mentioned, there are a lot of changes. Mm -hmm. But I think it's always fun to come in with a new screen. Yeah, because your new Scrooge is going to give you something completely different. And you know, I've how many Scrooges have you had? Uh, I think this is one, two, three, four. This four is my fourth as well. Yep. And we've so we, you know, we have seen the progression of like different types of Scrooges and different takes. And you know, it really is Scrooge's story. So we're following him, but also like how it affects everyone else around Scrooge. Mm -hmm is different yes um and i think it's like so interesting to see like john who's playing scrooge this year work because we can see his take on the character and how it affects me as fred how it affects Sri ram as bob and the, the cratchit family um so that's one big change i have a question talk to me so i love that scene in the counting house when fred comes in and he, invite, he invites scrooge to the christmas eve dinner and of course scrooge is just you know he is who he is yeah. and fred just remains ever so positive and i love the play between bob cratchit and fred yeah. and i have noticed a big difference in the way the different scrooges handle that scene you know and just the sense of humor that comes out yeah. What are some of the specific moments or ways that you see John processing how he's playing Scrooge and, and the impact that it has? Is there another scene besides the counting house or I'm sure. Oh, there are every, thousands. every yeah, scene. So yes. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll say on the counting house, like it's, it's 
interesting for me to have played both Bob and Fred. I bet. Um, and how I have seen Scrooge's different takes with both characters. Um, back in the day, we had Jeremy and Andrew Crow, both lovely human beings. Can't talk better about them both. Um, but their Scrooge and Fred relationship was so much different than mine and John's is, right? So um, they, they like, were, Andrew, like, definitely, like, was more proper and poised and was well-spoken, where I think that my Fred is more mischievous and <laughs> likes to poke and pick on Scrooge a little bit. Um, <laughs> like only the good relatives can. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it's 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 definitely interesting to watch him in that scene and, and how my relationship is different with him than it is with the Bob this year. Um uh yeah. How about you, Laura? Oh my goodness. Well, uh there have been so many changes. I do think that obviously having a new Scrooge that that, that shapes the whole piece, of course. Um the energy is different in in places that that maybe Jeremy played it one way or Dale played it one way or it, um, I can't think of anything specific. Obviously, I've watched all the scenes within rehearsal, but but the Bob that Bob scene with Scrooge and then when Fred comes in that first interaction with the counting house and the two gentlemen coming in. Yes, um, that interaction is just so different, and it's just uh, every every actor has to find that that inner Scrooge for himself, and I think that's a, a huge just shift in tone and, and how different his his character is yeah. portraying. Well, and it's interesting, Laura, because the characters you play have, um, I don't know the right way to describe it, but it's almost like you have a side relationship with Scrooge. It's not a direct right. relationship right. with Scrooge. So it's more observation and feeling. And I, I always think that in your role as Millie, you're, you're protective of Fred. That's Very the love of your so. life, yes. right? So, yeah. so and Millie doesn't have a ton of scene work. She only has that one real interaction with Scrooge at the very end of the piece where he finally acknowledges her. And I've sort of created my own little backstory and to say that, well, I don't think Scrooge came to our wedding. I think he really has no patience for Fred being married. And the fact that he's as joyful and in love with his wife as I think he envies that he has that because he lost his chance with Belle. He, he, he gave that all up. And I think he, that that really turned him into the person that he became because um, he never had that. So I think that he resents, resents that a lot. And I, I think that the first time he's ever interacted with me is that after the transformation scene in the very end, in the middle of Ding Dong, when he says, oh, you know, the, the smartest thing you ever did was to marry this woman. I love that. You know? Yeah. Uh, that to me is unbelievable. Um, so, so, yeah, so when we're talking about him at the party, I really don't have any patience left for Scrooge because he tries every year, I think, to go to him and ask him to come, and he absolutely refuses. And she's like, let, let, I can't talk about him anymore. That's it. Right. Let's end it. I can't. Right. I, I think we can all relate yes. to that, right? <laughs> and so so what's interesting to me is that you have played like the major love interest of both Fred and Scrooge. And so what what's the difference there? A little bit. What's your backstory for, for Belle? Well, 
Well, Belle, that scene is such a heartbreak to, it is. to watch, to be involved in, to be a part of. And but also, I think it's Troy's favorite scene. I think it is. We really? really? Oh, tell us more. I really thought, talked yeah. about this much, but like, I it remember is. when I was playing Young Scrooge, like, so much emphasis was put on that scene. Yes. There was so much direction put into it. So much Do you agree when you were doing that? Yes, yeah, so much specificity yeah. to that scene, because that's the end of Act 1, is the is the breakup scene, as we call it. And um, I also think that it is the scene that really starts the change for Scrooge. Yes. Right? And I think that that's another scene that we can go back to and say, like, it's interesting to see the way that different Scrooges play that scene. Yes. Because sometimes it is so uh, internal and heartbroken, and other times it is very defensive and, like, dismissive, I'm dismissive and, and I'm shutting down yep. the walls. So it's really interesting sorry, to go back to that conversation and say, like, that is another scene that I think is so important, and it's very interesting to see how other Scrooges play it. Absolutely. So how does John play it? How would you describe it? He is just, John, all right, I'll say it. John <laughs> is just open as a scene partner, as open as he can be, and he literally takes anything that you give him and will react to it. So with that scene specifically, I think John, from what I've witnessed so far in rehearsals, and you know, everyone's still playing and discovering and doing that, that their, their artist thing. But um, <laughs> I think that John is so open to, he said it the other day, Troy was like, I wonder if there's times that you can look over to your younger self. And he was like, I actually think the focus needs to be on Millie, or on, I'm sorry, Belle. on Belle. That's okay. Because, We're interchangeable, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> but because that is, that is the love of my life, and that is, this is the moment where I, I actively, Scrooge actively lets one thing go mm -hmm. that he shouldn't. And to just, like, have that whole scene, just, like, looking into the eyes of the love of your life, like, right. beautiful. Right. Yeah. Right. Ooh, I just got goosebumps a little bit, right? Yeah, it's such a great scene. It's so powerful. It is. So I'm curious how you describe the show to your friends and family every year when you're doing it. Do you describe it differently, different years? And how did you describe it this year? What are you excited to share with them this year? Um, that's really hard to... I think every year I've described it differently because it is different. There's yes. always... Uh, several years in a row, there were a lot of cast members that that returned and then and went on to do other things, and and you just never know what what the new cast and new energy is going to bring to it. So I feel like every year I've described it as slightly different. I have a follow up question to that. Oh, sure. So one of the things that I've noticed is that so the adults that tend to be in this production, highly professional, highly trained, talented. Troy also seems to have a great eye for the children he selects yeah. to be in his productions. We know that many of them have gone on to Broadway. I always brag about Troy in that way. And I'm curious how the children this year are influencing the production. Because they do. They have a huge impact on the energy. Yeah. I think, do you want to talk? No, I I've was talked just, a lot. No, yeah, I, I was just going to say, in all honesty, I really haven't seen all the children and all the scenes yet. Um, we've run through in different different little sequences, so I haven't seen them quite as much. I don't know if you have seen them more. I haven't seen them more, but I, I will say that I think that with any production of A Christmas Carol, um, the kids are the heart of it. 
Um, and I mean, I don't know. I went back in the day when I was playing Bob, there was, we had a little tiny Tim and I remember sitting backstage with him and the look on his eyes when we the first moved into the theater was just like, Oh, he was just amazed. Mm. And I remember being like, I, I specifically said to myself, like, that is the reason why I do this is like, you can't forget the fun and like, it is fun for them, but it's also work for them. And it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And this 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 group seems to be doing great. I mean, like Laura said, we haven't like been able to see them in all of their big scenes yet, but so far the vibe just is like all fun. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, so back to the question of how do you describe this year's production to your friends and family, telling them they've got to see it? Yeah, I mean, I think that like I always say like, there's going to be something new every single year. Um, you know, this year, obviously we are, we have introduced a lot more diversity like we did last year, but this year has some twists and turns that I think developed on top of um, introducing a more cultural um, outlook of London in the 1800s, right? Yes. So I think that audiences will be surprised, excited, to see a different um, perspective of the show than they might than they might expect themselves. Right. Well, I think that's an interesting point. We were talking with Alka um, in a different conversation, and I love that there are so many ways that Troy and the cast and the creative teams add a fresh point of view every year. Right. So. I also heard a rumor that there's a new ghost of Christmas future situation oh, happening. Yeah. Any spoilers? We haven't seen it yet. Oh, you haven't even seen uh, it we yet. We haven't seen it yet. We've We're very excited. It. We've uh -huh. heard about it. What have you been told? Well, we've heard that the, all of the fingers are supposed to move. Oh. So it's going to be very like. More intricate. Uh, so if he'll point in, maybe he might be able to lift certain things with the finger. Things. He might oh. be able to grab things. Whereas before it was previously more of a, uh, more of like a puppet that was yeah. controlled with um, different mechanics underneath his costume. So now it's it seems as if that his fingers might be more um, articulated in a way that he can, uh, uh, Mark is, Linehan is playing him, he might be able to use them in a much more intricate way than he yeah. has been able to. Cool. Ask. Still scary. Still <laughs> terrifying but just with a little uh extra horror yeah. well it's so funny because this show really has something for everyone we were talking about that this morning in the communications team and you know it's that festive traditional holiday favorite for families to go to sure but what about those adolescent boys what about the the younger um audiences there's something for them too and actually you're right there's some pretty terrifying moments in this production Absolutely. the special effects are unbelievable when you think about where it's coming from and we know the magic of what's happening behind <laughs> stage but the effects are fantastic I mean, it is a ghost story, you know, at the heart of it. He, he's haunted by three spirits. So it is it is supposed to be scary. And Marley, first, his first entrance, still every time I hear his first entrance, I know it's coming, but I still jump because it's so 
uh, it's a bit jarring if you're not ready for it. Um, I think all of all of the spirits uh, certainly bring their own excitement to the piece in a different way. Um, but it is a ghost story. I mean, right. You know, there's nothing better than we do a lot of student matinees, right? For yes. Show. They're sold out, by the way. <laughs> oh, great. Yes. Wait. I, love I love a student matinee because it's, you always get different reactions with a student matinee than you do with like an Absolutely. actual adult I bet. audience. Um, like as soon as the lights go down? It's as soon as the lights go down, we're at a rock concert. Um, and when, when Future appears, it's terrifying. Like yeah. there are audible screams and it's just fun yeah. to like, hear an audience react that way it's great oh i love both of your joy so much it's <laughs> such a nice feeling and vibe and it comes out on the stage too so what do you do the rest of the year well it depends on the year um i was fortunate enough i was in the play right before this which i usually do a lot of musical theater mostly musicals so I had an opportunity to be cast in a play, and um, it was an original piece called Jonathan that was done with Moonbox Productions. I currently don't have anything lined up next, but um, maybe Tyler does. I don't, um, but I, I um, yeah. the joy of being an actor. I know, right? Um, so I, I am auditioning constantly, working when I get a gig, um, that sort of thing. I also uh, work full time uh, for a staff, or I'm sorry, a uh, uh, it's so difficult to like describe to people what I do. Uh, I, I am a uh, staffing manager and product development uh, manager at a company that focuses on team building for corporate companies cool. in New York City. So I'm balancing full-time job plus rehearsals at the moment. So it's a, it's a lot. Um, but You've got the energy for it, though. I do. <laughs> but also this is my third cup of coffee today so no problem caffeine is a beautiful drug <laughs> i share that addiction with you um so we obviously have a conservatory as part of our organization i'd love it if you could just give a couple of nuggets of advice to any of our students or other potential actors who are listening to you because um, you you both have been doing this for a very long time how old were you when you both started so I danced all through, uh, I mean, when I was little, I think I started when I was about four or five, all ballet, all the time, uh, complete funhead. Um, and then it was my junior year in high school that I auditioned for my first musical. They needed someone that could dance and could read, you know, hopefully read music, which I also played flute. Um, so reading music wasn't an issue, but in singing, I always liked to sing, but I never was in chorus. I just enjoyed it. Um, so I started, you know, probably, I don't know, 16, 17 was my first musical. And once I did that show, that was it. There's there no was going no, back. There was no going back. I continued, you know, with dance and was still a bunhead all through, all through, um, high school and beyond my first show, uh, that I got cast in when I was in New York, I had been barely living there for a month and I got cast and went to a production of phantom that was done in europe um cool but and i got to still you know be wearing my point shoes with me but um i i think that my biggest advice is just don't don't try not to get discouraged early on there's going to be a, a million people that say nope nope you're not quite what we're looking for yet um but but you just have to keep keep at it just keep yeah. at it and just believe in yourself get as much training as you can 
take the lessons, go to the classes, learn the things, read the books, do all the things because um, eventually it will it will pay off in the end. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that was very well said, by the way. Um, uh, my story is very similar to Laura's. I I started, my first professional production or musical was when I was 11. I played Friedrich in The Sound of Music. Perfect. Uh, which we loved. And I was hooked at that point um, and grew up doing theater. Uh, took classes from a, a uh, well, honestly, very similar to the conservatory. I, I grew up in Oklahoma, so there's a equity theater there that has a conservatory type program and I took classes growing up all through that I went to college um at Emerson College oh, which we which we both which went we to. both went to just yep. just, just did never cross over didn't cross over but we were um, both there both graduated from yeah, Emerson uh, with BFA musical theater That's and right. moved to the city right <laughs> after um and the rest is history really um I think that my biggest um my biggest advice um, for people who want to do this is, um, I say this to people all the time, find a, a, another job that allows you, that, that supports your work, your, your creativity side, um, and let's stop calling it a survival job because you shouldn't have to survive. You should, uh, have a job or something there to support you and what you love to do. Um, that and don't lose the joy of it. Oh, great pearls of wisdom, you two. I was actually thinking when you were talking about doing corporate training, how the skills that you learn as an actor 100% transfer to that type of role. And in fact, I often tell people when it comes to dance, because I also danced and I, my daughter danced and obviously I am not dancing today. I'm talking to you and I am way better behind the scenes than on that stage. But you know, it doesn't matter if you actually perform on stage ever as an adult the skills you learn, the discipline you learn, the ability to take constructive criticism, the ability to make shifts and changes in your behavior or your body position, those are skills that will serve you well in addition to having the self-confidence and the communication skills to speak in public. Those are skills that are not often taught in widespread curriculum that I sincerely, I mean, research supports it. That yeah that people who study performing arts and participate have that leg up. So adults listening, it is worth the money that you are paying for your children to pursue any and every artistic pursuit that they are interested in. I will say like a friend of mine growing up, I did theater with him growing up all through middle through high school. And he is now a plastic surgeon. And I was talking to him, I guess it was like maybe six months ago. And he was like, I still go back to the training that we did in acting class when I have to like communicate with people to let them know what their nose is going to look like when I'm done with it. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. you're right. There's so it's, much. It's a life skill. Yeah. It really is. 
Absolutely. And I will tell everybody listening that as somebody who hires people, I also look for people who have taken any kind of lessons in music or dance or theater because it's that work ethic that gets rewarded early on that also transfers really well. Yeah. It just, and just like you said, the discipline that you can learn in any of the arts mm-hmm. is it can apply to anything that you do later on. It's so important to have that. And, and it is a learned skill. It is something that, that you really need to put into. You get out what you put into it. Yes. And the fact that you really are working as a team. You're all coming yep. together and you're working on different aspects of a full production that then the public gets the joy to see. Right. I also don't think that like a lot of training programs teach people how to work as a team. Right. That's right. So like that's where the theater and the arts come into play. And and then you can take that into the corporate world. And uh, I mean, I, I hear that all the time in my job. Like you're so good at like getting people on the same page. And I'm like, but we're just a team trying to accomplish the same thing. It's just how we're doing it may be different. But like acknowledging that, that like your position may be director but my position may be a choreographer but we're still trying to tell the same story right so like if that can translate to the corporate world even better absolutely absolutely so back to a christmas carol and right before you know we have we have to wrap it up anything else you want to tell our listeners you know, besides come see the show. Right. Tickets, of course, are available online at thehanovertheater.org, spelled course. with an R-E. Yes? I was going to say come see the show, but <laughs> since you already did that for me, I will say that um, it really is such an honor to work here every single year. Um, I have loved my 10 years plus, really. Um, and this is just like... A family here and I love every single person that I work with in in that room and outside that room so uh thank you for having us yes I'm gonna speak for both of us That's thank okay. you for having us you do through the whole show so I it doesn't know. really matter <laughs> <laughs> oh no <laughs> no I would I would agree I mean I um I also have had such an incredible experience these 14 years working with Troy has been uh the holiday gift that keeps on giving for me and I'm very in- very thankful to have had all this time together. Well, we are thankful for both of you and the whole rest of the cast and creative team. Again, we have a Christmas Carol coming to the Hanover Theater December 17th through the 23rd. Of course, generously sponsored by our partners at Assumption University. And we do have some great seats still available and again those tickets they start at just 28 dollars, which is a great t- i know well, my tickets are going for like 135 what uh, are you talking about well not here though Tara. okay <laughs> we, we have very reasonably priced shows um but really i sincerely invite everybody to come and join us it's a wonderful experience and if you haven't seen it before you really have not seen a christmas carol i think that's my number one thing when i talk to people is unless you have seen this production you have not seen a christmas carol because it has so many distinctive pieces to it and there's nothing like the experience of coming here to downtown worcester and our wonderful volunteers and the actors on the stage and of course the pre-show with the mighty Wurlitzer is also super fun and cool and you won't believe the sounds that come out of that instrument everything from sleigh bells to horses hooves clopping to you know everything you can imagine it has more pipes than we have seats in the theater so 
Everybody, we look forward to seeing you here at the Hanover Theater, December 17th through 23rd. Tyler and Laura, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for taking the time out of, I know, a very busy rehearsal very schedule. Good, thank you for having thank us. You for Absolutely. Having us. Thank you for listening to Behind the Scenes at the Hanover Theater. Until next week, stay safe and we'll see you at the theater.